I'm really glad you joined us online right now. The goal of this message is to do a review and tie things together for the whole series with a bunch of bonus content. What our children need most is kindness and focused attention. Here's a video that shows how easy it is not to pay attention to our kids. Let's watch this together. We all know that distracted driving is dangerous, but what about distracted parenting? Nearly one in five American adults claim to be connected to the Internet constantly. Whether it's social media, text messages, or work email, it is very easy to become absorbed in your smartphone and lose track of what's happening around you. One study showed that children are three times more likely to take risks on the playground when a caregiver is preoccupied with an electronic device. Instead, make a schedule to engage with your child, free from devices. You could establish a rule that no phones are allowed at the dinner table or set aside time to talk or play with your child. Read their favorite book or watch a movie together, phone free. Our kids need focused attention. I've heard them say many times when they were growing up, my kids, watch me, Daddy. They need our undivided attention. It's good to set time aside to engage your kids and give your kids undivided attention. Your kids crave this. Here's an overview of what we've talked about in this series so far. The K is for kindness, I for instruction, D for discipline, S for supernatural power, and the E's are for example and explanation. These are these messages have been drafting off of content from a book, Parenting, Is There an App for That? by Deborah Bullock my friend. Here's the the fact of the engine is supernatural power. God's power is the engine that keeps both parents and the child training process moving forward. We need God's power for anything we do that's important in life. Parenting is one of those things, among many things, that we need God's power to do. We need God's power when we're tired and sleep-deprived. A challenging situation arises. We have no idea what to do. The first child, you've never been a, a parent of however old your child's oldest child is, and you've never been a parent of a kid that age before. One thing happens is they keep getting older. The kids grow up, and we sort of grieve this, but it's a natural thing. (laughs) They grow up, and this presents a challenge. The second child is different from the first child, so we must adapt. They're not going to adapt. We've got to adapt. Our child crossed the boundaries for the 10th time today. 
This creates a major frustration level. The truth is that God has promised to give power and wisdom to those committed to him. Here's a promise from God. 2 Chronicles 16.9a For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. This promise is that God is searching for a heart that is completely his so he can support us. That's a fantastic promise. And the Lord is looking for those who are committed to him to support. That's an amazing thing. The world at large doesn't think like this. They're trying to do it on their own. God's power has made makes a huge difference in our ability and our attitude. We must walk in the Spirit or we cut off the flow of power from God. Galatians 5, 16, and 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Walking in the Spirit is crucial for parenting or anything else we're trying to do. We need to get in this walk in the Spirit. The, there is a war inside of us to keep us from doing what we want to do. We decide who wins the war, the spirit or the flesh. We get into the flesh quickly, and with God's help, we can flip the switch like turning on a light switch and get out of the the flesh and back into walking with the spirit. If we're in the spirit, if we're in the flesh, we need to identify the sin, confess it, and then surrender to the Lord's leadership, to the Spirit's leadership. If we do this over and over again, we grow. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we have a power bog. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, spiritual character growth is called the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit grows indirectly. The farmer has things to do, but God grows the fruit. And that's just how it is. The farmer provides sun, water, and the proper nutrients to keep growing things. And if you're patient, you end up with fruit that looks like this. This doesn't happen by accident. It's the same spiritually. We have things we can do that involve using the resources 
God has provided for growing our character and for spiritual growth, these resources are the Word of God, prayer, fellowship, and ministry. When you get involved in ministry, you grow by being stretched, and you're also stretched by parenting, to say the least. As you keep immersing yourself in these resources, you grow, but it happens indirectly. You cannot will yourself to grow in character, but God grows it in you as you make yourself, as you use the resources God has provided for growth. Spiritual growth is not self-improvement. It's growth that the Spirit of God provides in us. He brings it in us. We need wisdom for parenting and for life in general. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. I had a situation where I needed God's wisdom, and he gave it to me. Thad needed back surgery when he was 17, and the neurosurgeon wanted to put a titanium cage in the weight-bearing center of his back, L4, L5. I got a second opinion from an orthopedic doctor who said he wouldn't put a cage in the back of a 17-year-old. When I called the doctor to tell him my decision, the neurosurgeon, he said he'll be back in surgery in a year. Maybe he'll get five years. He was really mad. It's been 21 years. God gave me wisdom. We must realize that only God can do what needs to happen in our children's hearts. He develops character and convictions, and he does it mostly through pain. We cooperate with him as he works in our children's lives. We got a sick opinion from a sports doctor on whether Thad should play college baseball. He said if there is any way for Thad to go to college without playing baseball, that would be best. I asked Thad what he heard the doctor say, and he said, Thad said, if, if I could play if I want to. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Thad promptly pulled the covers when he got home. He pulled the covers over his head and got in bed. Uh, I called Josh De La Rosa, our student pastor at the time, and asked him to pray, and he came over to the house. He said, Thad, people are watching you right now, and they're going to see what you're made of. Thad got out of bed, and he never looked back. 
These are the wheels. They're setting the example and explaining it. First, exampling moves the training forward. Intentional, set up opportunities to learn. In the flow of life, as you go through life, there are ample opportunities to set an example. There are plenty of opportunities for children to learn as they go through life. There are plenty of teachable moments that we can make the most of when our child is having difficulty and that's when they're open to be instructed if you've been kind. Ben Franklin said, tell me and I forget, teach me and I may remember, involve me and I learn. Second, explaining provides direction. These are the whys for the example. We're, we're doing this because God wants, it's important to God, and it pleases God, and it makes him happy. And then quote the passage that, where you found out that it makes God happy. According to scripture, parents are to first set the example of doing what God says in their own lives, and then teach their children to do the same. Deuteronomy 4, 5, and 6, and 9 say, Pay attention. I'm teaching you the rules and regulations that God has commanded me, so that you may live by them in the land you are entering to take up ownership. Keep them. Practice them. You'll become wise and understanding. When people hear and see what's going on, they'll say, what a great nation. So wise, so understanding. We've never seen anything like that. One reason God chose Israel is because he wanted to get to the rest of the world through them. Just make sure you stay alert. Keep close watch over yourselves. Don't forget anything of what you've seen. Don't let your heart wander off. Stay vigilant as long as you live. Teach what you've seen and heard to your children and grandchildren. Teach what you've seen and heard to your children and grandchildren. You see this phrase constantly in the Old Testament. We need to teach to the third generation so that they get it. The breakdown comes when there's incongruence between what they hear and see in our example and what's experienced in the home. The exampling and explaining takes place in the flow of everyday life. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 11:18-20 says, Place these words on your heart, get them deep inside you, tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Teach them to your children. Talk about them 
when wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street, talk about them from the time you get up in the morning until you fall in bed at night. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your house and the gates of your cities. The example parents set as they handle the details of life is the single most important influential thing on their your kids for good or bad we're teaching our kids how to handle life as they watch parents handle anger handle responsibilities respond to their boss how parents talk to kids about what how they're responding to their boss makes a big difference as you make decisions, they're watching. As you're using your words, they're watching. You are teaching by your reactions what's going on to what's going on around you. Like the mom who reacted uh, to fear at an earthquake, uh, she taught her kids to react in fear at an earthquake. Your marriage is a significant video instruction manual for your kids, showing them how to work as a team. Mom, moms teach their kids how to respond to their husband's authority and will un- undermine it if they're not careful. Here's a video uh, where Paul Tripp is talking about how parents should under uh, uh, establish authority early in life. Let's watch this together. It is very, very important for your child to realize that they've been born into a world of authority. If you're a human being, there's never a point in your life where you're not living under some kind of authority. And here's God's plan. God makes His invisible authority visible in the life of children by sending parents of authority to represent His authority in the lives of children who need authority. Hear what I said? God makes His his invisible authority visible by sending parents of authority to exercise authority over children who need authority. Now, I want to counsel you, fight your authority battles young. Because you don't want to be fighting an authority battle with a 17-year-old. If you're doing that, you're in trouble. That's, that video is really right. We're also teaching our kids how to resolve conflict and show kindness and choose humility, defer to others in preferences. Explaining comes after example setting. We explain it clearly to our children after modeling the right behavior. After God's commands are inside us and our children see us obey them, we must explain why we live like we do. Tell your children what command 
you have been acting on, why you're doing it, and the Bible verse that you're obeying. The key idea from Scripture is that experiences drive learning. It causes kids to ask why and try to figure out what they've just experienced. We need to think about our response and give a careful one. Here's the high-impact training route. The key steps in training a child, or an adult for that matter, can be associated with what you see as you look at a person. Ears, upper head, where the mind is located, uh, eyes, center of the heart, the chest, the heart, and hands. Each of these stops on the route need to be revisited many times before a behavior is established. Established means the application is voluntary, consistent, and done well. The order in which these steps may vary when they're revisited. Here's the high-impact training route. Ear, kindness, relationship building. We've discussed this quite a bit. Kindness opens the ear to hear. Your children are more likely to listen to your instructions if you have a good relationship with them. Mind and heart to hear your instruction, values, vision, and perspective that are being taught verbally and through example. As the door opener, kindness and relationship building are crucial in your approach to all the training steps, the mind, instruction, saturate, remind, visualize. We've been talking about how to do this. It helps the child know and understand concepts, be able to remember these concepts when the application arises, opportunities for application. And it deals primarily with what the child needs to know and understand. Eyes, vision, casting. It helps the child have a scripturally accurate and motivating vision of who he is, who, with God's help, he can become. And it deals primarily with who the child is. It helps them understand who they are in Christ, who he perceives himself to be and can envision himself becoming. Our attitude should be, I can't wait to see what God does through you. Look for opportunities to share vision with your child. Make the opportunities by letting them know that you are praying for them. I'm praying for the man or woman you will become and fill in the blank of the character quality you're praying with them for. Catch them doing well. I think you're going to grow into a woman your friends enjoy because you are so kind and giving. And that's a refreshment 
to others. Someday, I'm confident that you're going to be a man that people can count on because you do what you say. Talking about your kids to other adults shapes their vision in a major way of who they are and what they can become. We need to be careful when talking to other adults about our kids. We need to focus on the heart, value, and perspective. A person's behavioral choices are evaluated in the heart based on what that person deems actually is real, perspective, and most important, values. The heart involves helping the child develop his own wise values and perspective, which determine the choices the child makes in line with God's values and perspective, and they need to come from the Bible. Debrief daily situations they're dealing with. What would God think about that? What do you think the most important thing to God is that happened in this situation or circumstance? Hand, application. Develop skills and consistency in applying what has been learned through the previous steps. The application may be clumsy or awkward at first. Skill and consistency will develop. This requires much patience. It's often easier to do it yourself, but your kids won't learn if you do it yourself. They, they learn it by repeated action over time with parental encouragement and training. Kids need reassurance often. It helps the child learn when, where, and how to use what he or she has learned. When to do this kind of thing and when not to, where to do it and where not to do it, and over time, how to do it well. Break things down into bite-sized pieces so they can understand it easily. Here are skills we need to train. Ordering a restaurant, uh, answering the phone, mowing the lawn, projects around the house, relational skills, how to appeal to authority, how to deal with conflict, the atmosphere in the home makes a great deal of difference in our child's lives. Creating kindness is a key to a warm atmosphere. We're often tired and cranky. It's hard to be kind. I don't want to some of the time. We need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to help us be kind and patient with our kids. Let them grow the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. I want to encourage you to take some next steps today. If you haven't already, commit to following Jesus Christ for the first time. The next step I will walk in the Spirit and draw on God's power 
for parenting and handling life in general. I commit to work toward setting the example and explaining it to my kids. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much that you didn't leave us hung out to dry, but you've given instruction in how to live life and parenting included. And I thank you for the way that you have shown us how to live in your word. I pray that you give us the power to take the next steps that you've laid on our heart to take. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.